Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Perfection and obedience. How do the two connect within the subject of Mormonism? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we're going to be looking at a conference message that was given by Paul V. Johnson. No relation to you, Eric, I assume? No. He is of the presidency of the 70, so that's a pretty important position in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just below the office of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He gave a talk titled, Be Perfected in Him, with the subtitle, Our Perfection is Only Possible Through God's Grace. As we often mention when we cite something from General Conference, General Conference is very important to the Latter-day Saints because they've been told that God speaks through his servants through General Conference messages. He starts off by talking about his grandson, Aaron, and how Aaron had a lot of health problems. And on page 39 of the November 2022 Leahona magazine, it says, For a period of time, Aaron received regular platelet and blood transfusions to keep him out of danger. The doctors explained that the only cure for the disease that Aaron had would be a bone marrow transplant, and the best chance for success would be to have a sibling as the donor. Now, let us begin by saying this. This story is heart-wrenching because to have a child, have a grandson that is going through severe health issues is certainly heart-wrenching for any loving parent or grandparent. So I can really empathize with what he's going through. But what Mr. Johnson is going to do is he's going to use the experience of his grandson and try to bring out a type of spiritual message. This is not uncommon with conference messages. If you've ever listened to them for any amount of time at all, you know that they're filled with little stories and anecdotes that they bring into the speech that will bring out a spiritual message. But then he goes on to say, Aaron being saved by his brother's blood has spurred many thoughts about the atoning blood of Jesus Christ and the effect of his atonement on us. He said, I would like to focus today on the permanent life-giving change that occurs as we allow the Lord to work miracles in us. Aaron did not have the power in himself to overcome the disease. His body could not make the blood cells needed to sustain his life. No matter what he personally did, he could not heal his bone marrow. Just as Aaron could not cure himself, we cannot save ourselves. No matter how capable, educated, brilliant, or strong we are, we cannot cleanse ourselves from our sins, change our bodies to an immortal state, or exalt ourselves. It is only possible through the Savior Jesus Christ and his infinite atonement. Now, hearing just that... I don't think many evangelicals would argue with basically what he's saying. 
There's nothing that we can possibly do to save ourselves. It's only possible through the Savior Jesus Christ and his infinite atonement, Mr. Johnson says. But I think there's a problem in Mr. Johnson's analogy, because Aaron is on an operating table, and he's right. There's nothing that he can possibly do. But yet, is that supposed to give us the impression that salvation, according to Mormonism, is monergistic? No, it's synergistic. In other words, every Latter-day Saint knows that they have responsibilities if they hope to receive this true salvation, otherwise known as exaltation. They can't just say, well, I believe in the infinite atonement of Jesus Christ. I believe that he has the potential to save my sins. That's what it is. It's a potential to save your sins. This is why many Latter-day Saints don't rest in this idea that they already have the forgiveness of sins. Aaron is laying on the operating table, and there's nothing he can possibly do. He's no doubt under sedation. There's no work that he can add to what the doctors are doing at this time. So it sounds like a really good analogy Except you have to keep in mind that a lot of words that Latter-day Saints use come with a lot of definitions that tend to undermine the story that they're telling. And I think Mr. Johnson is doing just that in this conference message. One of the things that we've heard a lot about, in the, especially in the last five or six years, is the term being on the covenant path. And as you said, Bill, it's not just Jesus doing his part. The covenant path is doing all the things the church has said you're supposed to do, keeping the commandments of God continually, as D&C 2515 says. So I, I think that is needing to be understood, because you're right, you can take these things out of context, and unless you understand what the religion of Mormonism teaches, you won't be able to see what exactly Mormonism teaches. Well, here's what Mr. Johnson does. Right after he says it is only possible through the Savior Jesus Christ and his infinite atonement, he cites this, there is none other way nor name given under heaven whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. It is his atoning blood that cleanses us and sanctifies us. If you were to go up to a Latter-day Saint and say, I have put my faith in Jesus Christ, and I know there's no other name under heaven given where mankind can be saved except through him, a Latter-day Saint is not going to think that you're truly saved like they hope to be truly saved. So obviously another name has to be applied to you. In other words, you have to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Anything less than that, and you are not going to receive exaltation because you need to be baptized by someone with authority. And of course, there are things that you must do that are unique to the church that you are not going to find in any other church outside of the LDS church. So this is misleading as well. It may sound good when our LDS friends are quoting verses like this, that, oh, wow, it sounds like they're putting the entirety of our salvation on Jesus when that's not really the case at all. But then he goes on later in this talk to say the Savior taught that we should be perfect. He said, this can seem so daunting. I can clearly see my personal inadequacies and am painfully aware of the distance between me and perfection. We may have a tendency to think we have to perfect ourselves, but that is not possible. Following every suggestion in every self-help book in the world will not bring it about. There is only one way and one name whereby perfection comes, 
we are, quote, made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood, end quote. Our perfection is only possible through God's grace. Our perfection is only possible through God's grace. Eric, I'm listening to what he's saying in this general conference message, and I'm trying to imagine myself being a member of the LDS Church, sitting there listening to him, and I'm hearing these words, but yet at the same time, I'm also hearing the words of other sermons that have been given through general conference, as well as the writings of other LDS leaders in their books and such, and I know full well that there's much more to do than what seems to be implied in this small portion. For instance, when he says the Savior taught that we should be perfect, you might think he's quoting Matthew 5.48, but he's not. He's actually citing 3 Nephi 12.48, which reads very much the same. That passage, as well as Matthew 5.48, has been used by LDS leaders in the past to bludgeon members of the church to make it appear that if you hope to receive that exaltation that you want, you better be as perfect as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Which, of course, if you were to ask a Latter-day Saint that question, they're going to tell you they're not as perfect as their Father in heaven is perfect. This is why he says this can seem daunting. Well, it can seem daunting if you misunderstand what Jesus was saying in Matthew 5.48. Now, I do believe that Joseph Smith merely stole it from Matthew 5.48 and inserts it into the Book of Mormon. Joseph Smith is notorious for doing that. But when he says this can seem daunting, and he says, I can clearly see my personal inadequacy and am painfully aware of the distance between me and perfection. But if the verse says to be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect, and you're understanding that to be a type of sinless perfection, how could you find peace in reading a verse like that with that type of, of an interpretation? Now, we will add this. A lot of LDS leaders and scholars tend to be getting away from that kind of an interpretation for both 3 Nephi 12.48 and Matthew 5.48, and they're trying to make it sound like, well, we just merely have to strive or want perfection. That's not the way early leaders interpreted this. So they're changing the meaning. Has that become an official understanding of the text? That's where the confusion comes in, because can't be if you add other things to it that make it sound like, yes, overcoming your personal inadequacies is absolutely necessary if you hope to receive the benefits of the atonement that the LDS Church talks about. And here's the problem that we have. Based on what Mr. Johnson has just said in that one paragraph that was cited, he goes on to cite Moroni 1032, and this is why we feel he has just undermined the heart-wrenching story about his grandson Aaron, because he cites Moroni 1032 at the bottom of the third column on page 40. And he said, as Moroni concluded his record, he taught, Yea, come unto Christ, and be perfected in him. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness, and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And then he says, what a comforting and powerful truth. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for all who labor and are heavy laden. But yet... 
Moroni 1032 doesn't seem to give it that kind of a punch that he wants it to have. Eric, what kind of look have we seen on the faces of Latter-day Saints when we cite Moroni 1032 to them? It is not even surprising for a Latter-day Saint when you cite Moroni 1032 to them to accuse you of taking something out of context. Why? Because they know that this idea of denying themselves of all ungodliness and loving God with all their might, mind, and strength is something that they do not do on a continual basis. Yet, according to this verse, and quite honestly, folks, I think it's the most horrendous verse in the entire Book of Mormon, yet it's cited by many LDS leaders, including Mr. Johnson here, but it's also been cited by a number of LDS leaders throughout the history of the LDS Church. And the way they interpret it, it's understood to be this— You don't get the necessary grace to forgive you of your sins until you have denied yourself of all ungodliness. How is that supposed to comfort a person? The reason why I think it undermines his analogy is, remember, Aaron is laying on that operating table doing absolutely nothing. He does not have the ability to deny himself of all ungodliness and love God with all his might, mind, and strength in that condition. So when he tries to use this as a comforting verse, I think it destroys what he's tried to get across earlier in his talk. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.